Good evening and welcome. We're heading into a Memorial Day weekend. This is the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, co-host, JR, the Independence Gang and America's Lunchroom Technology Coordinator occupying the upper right-hand corner tonight for the show. Welcome, JR. Good to have you here. You just uh, you just schooled us. You just said uh, that you and the team were working on some technology upgrades that we were baffled by, but you cleared it up for us. So thank you for doing that. Well, well, great to be here, JV. And uh, yeah, Trish was struggling with some uh, minor technology. It was <laughs> rudimentary. I had my uh, third lieutenant working on that for her, and we, we got her live here without an issue. So, uh, Well, anyway. well done. Yeah. Matt, Matt, I don't feel like I see you uh, much anymore. It's just really a shame. <laughs> it's, it's really strange. I feel like we haven't seen each other in years. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> if, if minutes were years, that would be true. Uh, Trish, you have some explaining to do, to quote Ricky Ricardo. Where you been? We haven't seen you in forever. Well, I started um, by going to a graduation in Montana. Wow. Um, my best friend's daughter was graduating from graduate school, so we went to her graduation. And then she put me on a death march in Glacier National Park, where I hiked 19.36 miles in one day. And I thought I was going to die. Um, but I'm alive to tell the tale. And then I was supposed to go to Utah after that, but then there was a blizzard um, so it went from 85 degrees one day and then the next day we got 10 inches of snow. Oh, wow. Uh, so yeah, so I didn't get to do as much hiking as I wanted to. I didn't get to go to Utah, but that was okay. I got to spend time with my best friend and that's all that matters. So well, that's a I had a time. very good time yeah. and it's good to be back. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you back. We've missed you here on the program, as you know, because I kept texting you. Are you back yet? Are you back yet? <laughs> <laughs> So. I'm sorry, JV. I have a fight. Sorry. I, but I'm here all summer now, so you right, have me good. for the rest of the summer. Oh, that's good to hear. All right. That's excellent. Let's get started on this program. I didn't really want to start the, the conversation tonight talking about any of the events in Texas the last couple of days. Uh, but I did see some clips of our education secretary, Miguel Cordona, uh, talking about it. And I felt like we needed to address some of the things that this partisan hack was saying. First of all, have you seen a collection of cabinet, quote unquote, secretaries, I'll give them the respect of the office, uh, that have been more unqualified, more unprepared, and more inept at their jobs than this bunch of bozos. I, I don't think, I mean, between Buttigieg and Granholm, this guy, Becerra is nowhere to be seen. Uh, Halen, Holland, Halen, whatever her name is, uh, just one after the other. They're just jokes. And it's all because they check boxes during these particular jobs. Hey, everybody, JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's. And it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, independencegang.com. Click on the Donate tab, or you can just type in independencegang.com slash donate. And spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it, and we appreciate your help. Let's talk about... Uh, Cardona here for a minute. Um, what do I, I want to start? Okay, let's start with this. So this is uh, this is how he started some comments today about the budget. He was talking about the budget for the Department of Education. But I'd be failing you as Secretary of Education if I didn't tell you how ashamed I am that we as a country are becoming desensitized to the murder of children. Matt, are we desensitized to the murder of children? Do you see anybody that is uh, taking the events in Texas over the last couple of days and just kind of sloughing them off as though it's really not a big deal. 
just Barack Hussein Obama. That's the only one I see who's pushing them off to the side and, you know, uh, is more concerned with George Floyd, the 19-time felon. I'm going to add a felony every time I talk about George Floyd. <laughs> He'll be at 119 by the time, you know, I'm 45. So we're, we're just going to go with that. But, uh, you know, I just it's, it's unbelievable that the Democrats are the ones who – I just – you know, I'll say what I'm going to say here about these people. You cannot advocate for abortion and then come at me – about the loss of children's lives like you give a damn. Three million or so children aborted every year in the United States alone um, that we know of, right? How many do we not know about? I mean, they're, they're obviously not going to give you the real stats, but the whole point is I, I don't think any of us take these people seriously anymore, JV. It's a, it's a clown show, as you said. Yeah, Matt, you, you stole my next line, but that's okay. I was going to say to Trish, if the, he's talking about being desensitized to the murder and slaughter of children, he must be talking about the Democrat Party's uh, stance on abortion. Oh, yeah, I can't tell you how many times today on Twitter I've just said, well, just pretend that that AR-15 was some forceps in a suction tube. You'll be fine. Like, I, I have just, I have reached my end with the left preaching about the sanctity of life while at the same time screaming that if Roe versus Wade goes away, we won't be able to abort and we won't have our reproductive health. I'm just, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Matt for, for entirely different reasons. His, you know, probably more religious based than mine, but I, no, I'm just done. I'm done. Uh, JR, before I play the next cut, I just want to mention Cappy Jones in the getter chat is loving the shirt. He's loving the patriotic shirt that you're rocking here tonight. So just so you know, if you didn't see that comment. Well, I, I think you may have missed the boat if you didn't put these in the merch shop or something. Uh, maybe maybe Matt's got some. I don't know. But if you, if you work on it now, you'll be ready for the 4th of July. All right. All good, right? good advice from our technology coordinator. All right. So I meant to lead this this uh, the conversation about Cordona and his comments with this one. Uh, I'll, I'll just do it now. It's fine. I'll do my best to answer questions on the budget. To tell you that this proposal will be our best tool to address inequities. Okay. I'm freezing in here. This is a Democrat congressman. Uh, his name is Bobby Scott. He's a Democrat from Virginia. I can only assume I went to his website to see what his stance was on the environment and climate change and all of that. Of course, he is in lockstep with the Democrats on these issues. But what is he drinking from there? That looks like, to me, Jr. a nasty plastic disposable solo cup that can only be uh, considered a uh, bane for the environment. This is a... Uh, this is a, this guy got caught on a hot Zoom moment where he's drinking from a an environment killer cup. Yeah, it would only be worse if he uh, had a straw that he was also <laughs> drinking out of there, I think. But, uh, oh, I've look, at look at couch. Look at couch. I feel attacked. <laughs> I feel attacked here. Uh, is that a reusable cup, Trish? Are you being a good steward Not of the environment? Mine is. I, mine's reusable. Go socks. That's all I'm saying. Well, my, yeah, I, I, I don't really care if the fish make it or not, JV. I could care less. This, my, thing, this thing's going in the pond when I'm done here in the Ozarks. Mine right? matches JR's wardrobe, uh, and it is reusable. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, I yeah, even I have, have the metal there. straw. Oh, look at you going all out for the environment. Good for you. Good for you. Save the sea turtles, damn it. <laughs> Happy, happy dolphins are down there in Florida, Trish. <laughs> I am going right. to, you know, we got to keep our sea life happy. I'm going to go to the next cut here, uh, JR, and then we'll, I'll come back to you. After each of these massacres, we've held staff trainings, active shooter drills. We've numbered our windows for easier access for law enforcement. We've improved online early detection screening tools, and we've secured our entrances and perimeters. That is no match for what we're up against. 
Okay, so he's implying there we need gun control, obviously. But I, I wrote down this list of things that the, that he says the Department of Education has done uh, in response to other uh, school shootings. He says staff training, active shooter drills, numbered windows so law enforcement can enter more easily, online early detection, and secured perimeter. Um, I don't know about the staff training, the active shooter drills. Obviously, they weren't effective here in this particular instance. But I can tell you the numbered windows, JR, the police didn't try to enter. Uh, I can tell you online early detection, there were plenty of online warnings about what this guy was up to and the fact that he posed a danger. And the secured perimeter, the guy walked through an open door. Yeah. Yeah, That to me, that was the absolute real tragedy as far as trying to prevent this thing was, you know, if, if that door had been closed and locked like it should have been, like they have drills that they require it to be, uh, that it's, it's locked down so that when the police come in to participate in the drills, they know the landscape of the school. All those things I'm sure have been done and they left the door wide open. So uh, had it been closed, uh, I submit nobody dies, you know. I, he couldn't have got in and uh, 911 had been called. It would have been an, an exterior event. And uh, certainly we wouldn't be, you know, dealing with exactly what we're dealing with today. But uh, I've got I've got a little bit about that we can talk about later when it comes to the, some of the aftermath of this thing and some thoughts. But, uh, you know, that that open door was really the travesty of this event. Yeah. My, a final cut here from Cardona, Matt, and then I'll come to you. The time for thoughts and prayers alone is over. We should be humbled by this opportunity to make a more perfect union. All right, I don't know what he's talking about, make a more perfect union. That's some buzz phrase he picked up from uh, from someone else talking in the hallways because he certainly hasn't read any of our founding documents. Uh, but the bottom line here, Matt, is that he says the time for thoughts and prayers alone are over. I submit that if we did a little more thinking and a little more praying in this country, we wouldn't have people who turn out like this as frequently as we do. And if we recognize the sanctity of life and we recognize that we may meet a maker, whoever that maker is in your religion, I don't care, but we meet a maker who will judge us someday, then we also may have some people who think twice before performing acts like this. Yeah, it's a morality clause, JV. I mean, it really is. There is no, you know, we're, this country is, you know, Bill Maher did a segment that, you know, at the pace the country's on, you know, by 2054, the entire country will be gay, you know, at the way, at the way the media and the Democrats are pushing it. So yeah. it's a funny skit that he did, but he was showing statistically speaking, you know, we look at Sweden, we look at Denmark, they've banned puberty blockers. They've banned these kind of things because of what they do to children. They don't even know the statistics yet of what these things do to children. You know, eight-year-olds should be, you know, if children could decide what they wanted to be, that, you know, they would be princesses and cowboys. Does that make sense? Like, this is not what children want to be. Uh, and they're being pushed that way. This kid obviously had a lot of mental issues. Um, but the, the thing that got me most out of the clip is this jackass used the word, we should be humbled. We should be humbled. Humbled is the word you're going to use for a mass shooting where 19 elementary children and two teachers were slain. Uh but by someone who is just, you know, and we've got to quit being nice here. I mean, the mental illness thing is one thing. We know it exists, but these people are heinous monsters. You know, um, here's another thing. The next time one of these people lives through one of these shootings, if you hung their ass from a gallow or put them in front of a firing squad on national TV to every one of these people that does something like this, 
Crime starts going way down. Now, I'm not trying to say be barbaric like the Saudis, but do you think they have a real crime problem in Saudi Arabia? No. No, they do not. If you steal something, they chop off your arm. You say something you shouldn't, they chop off your tongue. I mean, yeah, it's a brutality of a society, but the whole point is we are weak and feckle. And then, I, and then I'll say this on, the, on this thing. I, I don't want to say too much. I'm like you. We've, this, it just won't go away because the left is pushing this so hard, even though you know, trans, even though transgender, Hispanic, doesn't fit anything that would make him an NRA member. So let's go boycott the NRA, right? Uh, why not? But at the end of the day, we have attacked our police for almost two decades. They can't do anything. They're under a microscope. They are consistently destroyed. And if they act, they're crucified. If they don't act, they're crucified. And this is the this is what happens when a society makes people that are supposed to save children, save lives, second guess, and think two, three, four times about acting. No, no one is sitting here saying they should have waited as long as they did. But here's the thing. Let's just say another student took away the gun from the shooter. I'm going to be hypothetical real quick, JV. And that person who took away the student from the Hispanic kid just happened to be a black kid. He wrestles it away. He comes down the hallway and he's and he's pushing the kids and saying, get out the door. They come in and they shoot the black kid. What do you think would be we'd be talking about right now? We'd be talking about the heroes. Oh, yeah. that, you know, no, I mean, th there is so much at play here in this in this society, and there's so many different you can play devil's advocate with anything if you're good enough. I'll yield back, but I think that people have really got to take a step back and stop being so damn judgmental in a situation where we really don't even know the details. We're three days into this, and everybody's passing judgment on both sides, and, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and uh, but uh, Trish, there is a real point to be made here about the attitude toward crime that the Democrats have foisted upon us, particularly since the George Floyd murder, and and talking about uh, uh, an anniversary, uh, a way to... to, to uh, recognize that it's the anniversary to have this event occur. Uh, but the Democrats and the and the progressives particularly have been, they've been telling us we need to let criminals out of jail. We need to not prosecute. We need to, uh, um, some of the crime itself is actually uh, justice for uh, past wrongs. I mean, this is the attitude that they have, they have been talking about for two years now. That has an effect too. But, but that's only if it suits their narrative. You have to remember that this is all about narrative for them. They don't actually care that people are dying. They don't care that people are being shot. Because if they did, they would be you know up in arms and in Lori Lightfoot's face every day in Chicago. So we know that that's not it. It's not that people are dying from gun violence. They only put up a fuss when it's something that they can use. And plus, we got midterms coming up. Let's not forget that this is all... This is all very convenient for those midterms because now they have yeah. something that they can grab onto and they can flash in the media and say, oh, look, 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 look at the Republicans, the NRA, they have blood on their hands. It's all their fault. I'm like, what? What? So this 18-year-old transgender kid who, listen, I, I have watched some of the, the interviews with his grandparents and the one with his mother today. I literally wanted to fall through the floor that we shouldn't judge him. Are you freaking kidding me? We shouldn't judge your kid who killed all these little babies? I mean, no, I'm like, I'm done. Sorry, I'm judging. I'm judging really hard right now because that is unacceptable. So it, the left just kills me because they don't, they don't care if it's a black kid in Chicago getting shot. They only care if it's a school shooting that they can then push using their narrative to fight yeah. for more gun control, which wouldn't have stopped this anyway, which again pisses me off. Why aren't we addressing the fact that the FBI knew about this kid? 
again, another mass shooter that the FBI was aware of prior to the shooting. And if they had just put a little flag on him, just a little one to say, hey, we got some worries about this one. He wouldn't have passed that background check and he never would have been able to get those weapons in the first place. But the Democrats don't want to talk about that. Because they only use the FBI when it fits their narrative, just like everything else. Yeah, Jr. why aren't they uh, getting as angry about the, the number of black children, mostly black men, young men, that are being slaughtered in Chicago every single weekend? They rival these numbers, yet you don't hear a word. You don't hear a peep from the Democrats about that. And that is actually, I mean, all of this is tragic. Nothing is less tragic than the other. They're, it's all equally tragic. But you don't hear about that. You don't hear about that one. Yeah, since the summer of 2020, it, it seems like the uh, it's it's all been about their narrative, and uh, and if it doesn't fit it, obviously, then uh, it doesn't matter. And Chicago, Baltimore, there's so many cities that are seemingly war zones, and you're right, nobody nobody hears a peep about that. But the but the school shooting, you know, is is a different different animal, and we've talked about it with some of these other uh, um, so called mass casualty events that have happened. What, what's the nationality of the perpetrator? And there seems to be a a, a market difference, yeah. you know, depending on the, if there's a racial component to one versus another. I mean, I'm I'm just telling you the facts. That's that's the way it's been, and uh, you know, it's. Um, if 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 it's a seemingly uh, racial uh, issue, uh, if it's white or black, it certainly makes a difference in how it's reported. And every life should be the same. And that, that's been my opinion all along about the Black Lives Matter. Every life should matter, and they all should be weighed the same. And seemingly, uh, you know, it can be a war zone in Chicago over this weekend, and we will probably only still hear about what happened in Texas. Yeah. So uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, good good points. Uh, I'm going to change the topic here, and I'm going to actually touch on something Matt referenced uh, in his last answer here. But uh, there's an article, not just an article, but it's referring to a law that's about to change in New York State. Uh, I I'm going to I want to address the fact that this the headline on this uh, the section that this appears in is changing America, as though this is America growing and evolving and becoming a better place. But the article here is X gender designation will soon be available for New York residents. New York residents beginning June 24th will have the option to select a general neutral X gender marker on their IDs, the governor's office said on Friday. Transgender residents, Matt, will also be able to self-select their gender without providing additional documentation. This change is part of the state's Gender Recognition Act, which was signed into law last year under Governor Cuomo. So this New York state is taking that path whereby gender, bio, biological gender means nothing. You can decide what you want to be and official government documents now can reflect that for you. You know, it's the dumbest thing in the face of the earth. It's real simple. You've either got a penis or a vagina. Just because people find you ugly doesn't mean you're the opposite sex. You know, this is just the dumbest thing in the world. And, you know, the, the transgender thing is the thing that is a mental issue. If you're gay, whatever, you know, I don't care how you live your life. That doesn't bother me. It's the fact that you think you need to find an ax and whack off Willie, you know, in order to, you know, in order to, to prove that you belong in society. That's a mental deficiency on an epic level here that's being encouraged by our society. And that's, you know, and you look at the shooter, 
it should pretty much show that that's a problem. You know, uh, first off, if I, you know, not that anybody would ever want to see my fat ass in a skirt, but if I were to ever put on a skirt at that age, my dad would beat my ass. My grandfathers would have beaten my ass. My friends would have beaten my ass. You know, we live in a society that is just broken, guys, and and, and gals with Trish down in the corner. I mean, this is just, I just don't know how anyone can sit here and go, you know what? You don't have to be offended anymore. You could, you know, isn't that like a slave term? Mark your ex. I mean, I mean, what what the hell are we doing in this society? We're going backwards in everything. The Democrats, I shouldn't say us. We are going backwards in everything we do. But to sit here and say I don't want to be male or female, you don't really get a choice. Biology, you know, biology kind of chooses that, JB and. God, you're going to force me into drinking heavily tonight, but let's just keep going. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, so well, you've, you've said it many times. We don't have to accept this, and we can say no, and I've I've pledged myself. I am not calling somebody by, quote-unquote, preferred pronouns. I'm just not doing it. You're a he, you're a she right. based on your biology. Sometimes you can't tell, and I, I may make a mistake in that regard. No, uh, but, it, but I am not If you've got shoulders down. like Prince Taylor, I'm not calling you ma'am, okay? Yeah. You're just not. Yeah, right, exactly. Um I was going, and you kind of you, you said this in the beginning of your comments, and I I, I kind of missed my notes at the top of this page. I said history will look back at this time and say they were out of their minds, Trish. They were completely out of their minds. Uh, that's how history is going to judge this. Other states, in contrast to New York, like Oklahoma and Montana, have launched efforts to make it more difficult for transgender and non-binary people to correct their correct their identity. Uh, documents to align with their gender identity uh the dirty little secret trish is that all people are binary they all are wake <laughs> up people are much and this is what this is the thing that bothers me the most is especially in education i am now being told to enable their mental illness and i'm like no not <laughs> not happening like i'm with matt and like i and I had a transgender student this semester, and I, you know, I will call you whatever name you want, but I, I'm not calling you the different pronouns. Sorry. If you're if you're a girl and you want me to call you Fred, I'll call you Fred. Whatever makes you happy, yep. I don't care. But I'm not going to call you a he because you're not. So uh, that's kind of where I draw the line. And I'm very glad that that case against that college professor, he the the college settled with him and did not continue that case against him and he got his job back and because it's it's getting crazy and and the more that we enable this fantasy and that's what this is this is this isn't even reality this is fantasy the more that we as a society enable this fantasy life the worse it's going to get i mean the fact that we have people now who want to change their birth certificates you can't what the hell i don't i it's literally mind-boggling to me because, again, this is about biology, and we need to stop with this whole gender thing because gender has now become this fluid, ever-changing, I could be a boy one day, a girl next day, I could be neither the next. No, that's all fairy tale crap. It's just, it's your sex. Are you an XX? Are you an XY? If you are any derivation of those, you are so rare that you'll probably never ever meet a person in your life that is a derivation of XX or XY. Those 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 deviations in genetics don't happen very often. And even then those people, I had I've known one person who was an XXY. So he presented as a male completely had no idea that he had a genetic issue until he and his wife tried to get pregnant. 
And she went and got tested because she thought she was infertile. She wasn't. Turns out it was him. He was sterile because he was XXY. But it's not something anybody would have, he didn't even, he was like, wow, that's kind of weird. I didn't know. So we have to, we have to stop with this whole enabling the fantasy world where you can just be whatever gender you want on whatever day. It's, it's dumb. It's stupid. I won't participate. And everybody just needs to start doing that and just saying, no, I will not participate in your fantasy world. Unless you buy me a unicorn and a rainbow, I'm not doing it. I, I, I love that position, Trish. And I'm going to throw something back at you here because you brought up birth certificates. What about the people? I mean, there are doctors that are now saying they won't assign a, a, uh, a gender at birth. So the parents can decide. How do the parents know how that newborn identifies? Other than whether they have a penis or a vagina. What other possible criteria could they have at that moment? We got to wait till they're three after they decide to be a dinosaur. Then yeah. they can decide <laughs> what gender they're going to be. And, and, and the fact that people are now saying that doctors sometimes get it wrong. Um, that's very rare when a doctor gets the, birth, the gender of the child wrong at birth. It's extremely rare. And again, I go back to that, that those genetic things that rarely happen, sometimes, you know, birth defects that cause genital birth defects. Okay, that's extremely rare. And all the studies show that when you try to force the child to be the gender that they are not genetically supposed to be, there's horrible consequences for those people in the future. Horrible, horrible consequences. Like I was, there was actually, I can't remember the name of the kid and I wish I did, but he was born a male and they botched his circumcision. So they just decided to make him a female. Ooh. And then they that raised him. It was him and his twin brother. Oh, yeah. It was, they were twins. So the, the one twin had his penis removed at birth because they botched his circumcision so bad, raised the boys together. One is a boy and one is a girl. And it fucked both of them up. Yeah. Because this this kid could not was not understanding why things weren't. He was supposed to be a girl, but yet he kept felt. Oh, yeah. It's total. I'll have to look up the case study for you so you could read all about it. But it's. When you force people to work against nature, it destroys them emotionally and mentally, and it destroys all the people around them. So I'll just. Uh, JR, Sorry. New Yorkers, and you're, you're a resident of this great state. Uh, New Yorkers will have the option to change their gender designation on existing IDs online through the department's website beginning in July. If it's so easy to change your gender, by simply altering a form online, doesn't that make the whole thing absolutely meaningless? The whole idea of changing your gender becomes absolutely meaningless if it's that simple and easy to do. You know, my opinion on this is that uh, licenses or birth uh, certificates are, are static documents. They're supposed to be factual. You know, you can't say that my eyes are green today and then blue tomorrow. It says on your driver's license, BL, blue, uh, your address. Now we move. But at the time you get the document, you're, you can't just change where, where your address is. And, and you're either a male or a female. There may be a point where you're transitioning, but, you know, some, some middle ground is certainly not and shouldn't be an option. It's going to be an M or it's going to be an F. And, and that's factual. And that's if the policeman pulls you over. They want to know factual information, and that's what it should remain, and no in-between. You know, if, if the furries want to be a cat, well, then cats can't drive. So they're not going to have that on their license. I mean, where is this going to stop, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, they've crossed a line here, and then these kind of things shouldn't be at the uh, 
at the whim of uh, of what someone wants to identify on a, on a current day or week. Uh, we've got a cookie war going on in the foxhole chat between our Matt, Cou- our very own Matt Couch and Tiny Ninja. Their cookies flying back and forth. I, I don't want to get in the way, get beamed in the head with one of these cookies flying back and forth. So at this point, Jr., let's go to one of your stories and uh, let you take it from here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start with, uh, and we've touched on a couple of things here when, when we talked about the school issues, but I want to go to the um, economic one first uh, because it was an interesting week this week. Uh, I'm sure all of you were reading the Wall Street Journal as I was, and uh, the CBO uh, came out with uh, a report on uh, deficit information and also where they thought the economy was and will be over the next uh, uh, two and a half years, really. And then coincidentally, um, uh, later in the same day, the Federal Reserve, uh, which of course met at the beginning of uh, May, uh, their minutes from their meeting also came out. And it was a very, very interesting uh, dichotomy in opinions. It's, it's, uh, as, I, as I said to JV before the show started, they obviously aren't attending the same cocktail party. Now, uh, I'll, I'll give you some basic information before I go to Matt here, but uh, the uh, they're uh, they're saying for uh, um, inflation that inflation this is, this is the CBO now they're saying inflation has peaked and basically said that we're going to have uh, uh, 3.1 gross domestic product growth uh, for all of 2022. Now the first quarter was negative it was just revised down to negative one and a half. So if they think we're going to work our way back up to an annualized amount of 3.1, we're going to have some have some pretty robust growth here in the latter part of the year. And then the Federal Reserve, on the other hand, mentions the word inflation 60 times in their minutes. Talk about 50 point uh, basis point increases at every meeting for the foreseeable future, and maybe going from a neutral stance to a restrictive stance. Basically two absolute extremes and uh, basically fighting off what would uh, seem to be an inevitable recession. So in my opinion, the CBO tends to be a little more friendly to the administration at hand and their uh, more dovish approach to uh, where we're going to head, I guess, shouldn't be surprised, surprising, I guess, based on that. But um, two, two of the leading uh, entities that basically uh, help predict where we are and where our economy is heading, Matt. Who, who are you buying here? You buying the CBO or are you buying the Fed? JR just came at me like Steve Forbes here, so I'm going to try <laughs> to see if I can figure out a way to to break this down for everyone at home. Um, that was impressive there, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's um, honestly I don't think anyone believes them. I, I would love to see how you're going to get growth. I mean I'm I'm an old school retail guy. You know, used to run you know, chains of retail stores, divisional manager with, you know, Fortune 500 companies before I got into the logistics. And so when you look at, you know, obviously Q4 is going to be a massive number for retail online sales, a little bit into Q3s, we head into back to school. So JR, there is a chance for a boost there when you go into Q3 and Q4, especially. Unfortunately, though, when you look at what we're seeing with the possibility of a diesel shortage, you look at what we're seeing with the insane, the, the highest gas prices in U.S. history, which we're now being told by multiple analysts that by the end of June, early July, they could be six to six fifty a gallon, even in places like Arkansas, Iowa, and Missouri, which means New York and LA would be in that ten to twelve range uh, because of the the state taxes they have on their fuel. I don't know how you're going to raise the fuel 
from diesel and gasoline to those prices, which means all your pricing on goods is going to elevate and skyrocket as well. Your shipping costs are going to go through the roof. Your product, you know, so if you were buying, um, I don't know what people buy anymore because I, honest to God, I really don't do a whole lot of shopping like I used to. It's all just, you know, shipped to the front door. But let's just say you're buying a, a new Barbie doll for your kid and they were $9.95. Well, now they're $14.95. If you're buying a dollhouse, it was $99. Now it's $175. Those kind of prices are going to affect people's ability to spend those those dollars. So, I, like I said, I, I don't have the background that JR has on this kind of thing. I know that's his, his forte, but honestly, I don't know how it's going to happen because I think people are going to really be pinching pennies, JR, and I don't know how they're going to get those numbers up. And I'll, I'll, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, before I go to Trish, I'll just say a few things that are still, uh, I think, in everybody's mind here. As you said, energy obviously has not peaked, still have shortages. We're entering the summer driving season. Uh, supply chain issues, they still persist. We, last I checked, we still got a bunch of ships uh, sitting off the coast of California that aren't moving too quick. Um, the labor markets are slowly improving, but there's still signs everywhere you know, for, for help. People cannot get help. And, uh, you know, some good news, maybe, maybe some of this uh, negativity to date is already baked into the markets. But uh, we've obviously had a pretty volatile time here in the, in the stock market. Um, the S&P 500 is down 17% year to date. The Nasdaq's down 27%, which is more tech heavy, which obviously I know a lot about. So uh, uh, <laughs> Trish, that was a joke. <laughs> Trish, what do you think here? I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm, I tend to believe the Fed here a little more than the, the rosy CBO. I, I, I hope the CBO is right. But it seems like the reality of what the Fed is seeing seems to be more the case. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, I think things are going to get really bad, and 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 that's not. And I'm not trying to be a doomsdayer, but that's all the writing on the wall would indicate. Prices of gases are. I mean, literally, I came back from vacation, and gas here was four fifty nine nine. I thought that was a forty of over forty cents per gallon increase in two weeks. So like I I was floored. I'm like, crap, I'm glad I'm not driving anywhere. I'm glad I'm done. Because if I had to go driving, like my mom's leaving on vacation here in a little bit, she's going up to New England and she's like, holy crap, I might have to sell my car and then just, you know, take the bus back to Florida because I'm not going to be able to afford the gas to get back by October, you know, when she's planning on coming home. So uh, it, the, it, the, it's the government cannot continue to spend and tell us that that's not going to increase the deficit. Like, I'm not sure who out there believes that that can happen, that the government can just spend all this pretend money and that the deficit's not going to go up and inflation's not going to go up and everything's going to be rosy. I don't I don't know who out there believes this. Whoever believes that, they must also, I have some very cheap Gulf Front Georgia property to sell you and we need to get that paperwork done right away. Um, but just, and as a side note, um, I put in the Getter chat just, but I, I, know I realized not everybody's on Getter. Um, David Reamer. R-E-I-M-E-R is the young man who he and the twin brother. Google it and you will be absolutely floored at what his doctors did and what his family did. So just prepare yourself. It's gruesome. But true story. I didn't make it up. Just saying. Mm. Well, we'll check. We'll definitely check that out because that sounds like unbelievable set of consequences for that. Uh, JV, um, the article headlines with the Biden administration basically uh, talking about their uh, vast improvement in the deficit they've done and as part of one of their positive talking points to try to uh, 
dispel all the misery that's otherwise evident throughout the country here. Um, it's it's obvious that uh, maybe compared to the peak of, of uh, COVID, we are spending less money, but we're spending way more than we did pre-COVID. So it's 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 smoke and mirrors, and I, I'm sure that's not uh, a revelation to you. Yeah, no, it's not at all. Biden got up not long a couple weeks ago when he didn't have anything better to say, and he was talking about how what a wonderful job his administration has done on the deficit, how he brought it down a trillion dollars. Well, when you spend an extra trillion in a, in a budget year to fight a pandemic, it's pretty easy to lower spending by a trillion dollars. In fact, they should have lowered lowered it by four or five trillion, but they didn't. So uh, this whole notion that he's lowered the deficit is a fallacy to begin with. By the way, before I move on, you've got Jr. Because of your last. Uh, monologue, I'll call it here. You've got people asking for stock tips in the YouTube chat. They want to know what you think of the tech sector. I don't know if you want to go there, but I'm going to throw the question at you. But let's let's look at this in a in a, in a fair, objective way, if we can. The CBO has no skin in the game. They can uh, offer analysis any way they want. They don't have the consequences from their analysis that the Fed has when they have to raise or lower interest rates. The U.S. economy will rise and fall based on what the Fed does. The U.S. economy will not be impacted by what the CBO scores things at. What may happen is lawmakers may legislate based on those scores that the CBO offers, and that may affect the economy. But the CBO is one step removed from that process. So, of course, they're going to be a little more uh, political in nature. Of course, they want to try to paint a picture that's going to make their boss, Joe Biden, look better and give him some flexibility to spend the money he wants to spend which if we go with the Fed's numbers talking about inflation for the foreseeable future, Biden has much less of a chance of convincing lawmakers to move in his direction. So this is pretty obvious, and, and I, think, I think we've all called it for what it is. Yeah, well, well said. I, I, I always, uh, whenever I refer to the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, I, I always put parentheses in front of it and say the nonpartisan, quote-unquote, Congressional Budget Office, but they really, they really do... Uh, uh, paint things a little more friendly for the, uh, the administration. And like you said, there's less consequence there. They just revise it and move on where the Fed uh, takes a lot of heat if we start having a lot of inflation and they have been sitting on their hands with the uh, the transitory horse verbiage that they've been using for quite a while until they couldn't anymore. So uh, so here we are. But uh, I mean, I, I, I guess to uh, address anything in the, in the chat there on, on the market, I can tell you where the market is today. It's a, it's a fool's uh, it's fool's gold to try to predict it, but I will say that a lot of the bad news is baked into the market today. I think the Fed's June uh, rate hike to further tame is probably largely built into the market today. Um, I've said before, and this is factual, so I'll say this: um, we've had seven um, inverted yield curves since World War II, and and that's where you know long-term rates become cheaper than short-term rates. And that's because normally the risk looking far out is, you know, greater than, you know, the risk in the short run. Well, right now, short-term rates, uh, I don't know if it is exactly today, but uh, several weeks ago, it, it did cross where short-term rates were higher than long-term rates. Since World War II, that's happened seven times, seven times we've had a recession. So to say that the CBO is is going to be successful, we have a soft landing, the worst of inflation is behind us. Um, I wouldn't take that bet myself. 
Um, but uh, could we be largely there? And and thus, uh, it's a good bet still to the two. You know what Jr. Uh, needs. You know what Jr. needs right now. This is what Jr. needs. What not? <laughs> did I say what not? <laughs> no, you didn't. I might even, you just needed I might even it. You that. needed it. You were, all right. You all needed right. it because well, you you were in your you were channeling your inner Steve Forbes, as Matt said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm. I'm I was taking notes. Yeah. What what to pick? But what I will say is volatility will be the the uh, order of the day in the stock market for the foreseeable future because there's just so many unknowns that are happening. And uh, we're fighting inflation. We still have all those things that we talked about already. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a good time to not be uh, a speculator. Uh, I think it's a good time to be a little more conservative and, uh, and, and, and take some investment money off the table that you may not be. But it's, it's hard to say that unilaterally because wow so you know, when the market crashes are, tomorrow jr is going to be responsible for these loose lips he's <laughs> take your money out of the market he's saying <laughs> loose lips sink ships jr just throwing that out there buddy yeah. buy, buy uh, i bonds i bonds yeah uh, opinions here are yeah uh, right exactly yeah right. only in, uh, bonds? Uh, wait uh, yeah buy uh, cinnabons buy, buy cinnabons yes <laughs> You want to go on to your next one, JR? What are we doing? Oh, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. Hold on. Matt has to say something. He's burning up over here. Oh, no. I was just just saying, JR's got me rethinking. So you're telling me that I have every other weekend booked at Lake of the Ozarks could be a bad financial decision for me, possibly. He wants you to buy more um, crypto. I tell you what, you probably feel oh, pretty God. good after doing that. Ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you that's know, probably the best way to invest your money, man. What's going on? You, you need to relax. Yeah, I'm, so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at my portfolio and then literally, uh, you know, <laughs> drink heavily. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing these days. What's next, Jr.? Let's move on. All right. Well, we talked a little bit about uh, uh, Uvalde, Texas, and obviously the horrific uh, um, events that happened there. And I didn't want to further talk about that, but what I did want to talk about. Um, if you want to bring up that gun control article, and certainly this is, this is you know, never let a crisis go to waste here. This is what they're certainly looking to use as one more thing they can point to uh, where Democrats, good, Republicans, bad going into the midterms. But I, I got thinking about that, and uh, I said, you know, there, there probably are some common sense approaches we can take here. And I just wanted to spell out where how I view the world and, and, and get uh, Matt and, uh, and yours and, and Trish's views on that. And certainly we know why the Second Amendment exists, right? I mean, it wasn't so we could go out hunting uh, and bring in dinner for, uh, uh, um, from the woods, but it was, it was our forefathers knew they came from uh, an overpressing uh, government and they did not want that. They didn't want a tyrannical government. They want an armed uh, public to basically keep the government honest. And, and certainly, I, I would say that that is probably as important as it ever has been in my lifetime, uh, based on what we've seen from the, from the current government in light of you know the last few years even. Um, but but what we're failing at, as we've talked about a little bit already too, we we've been letting criminals out of jail. Uh, I was in a convenience store the other day, and uh, I was standing there waiting, and, and the guy wasn't giving me any uh, attention. And I said, I guess I could walk out with this gallon of milk. And he says, if you did, I couldn't stop you. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll just pay you anyway. Uh, but, you know, we, we basically are letting people get away with anything and, uh, and, and seemingly, you know, criminal acts that 
you know, heretofore would be felonies that you'd be in jail for, incarcerated. And they're just shrugging their shoulders and they're, and they're, and we've had politicians bailing and even bailing people out, uh, as we saw in the summer of 2020. But uh, we have to keep our criminals in jail. I think that's part of the solution with this. We have to change the mentality that crime does have consequences. Um, certainly hardening the schools has been very important and that failed miserably, as we said, they left the door open. Had they not done what we've already, you know, been trained and required to do. I know in New York, we have to have so many drills every year to be compliant with, with the state ed. And I'm sure that's the case in every state. Had they done that, um, had they locked the doors, had they done the drills they're supposed to, I don't know if they did it or not. I'm assuming they did, but they still failed. We absolutely have to do that. But the final thing, as I really thought about this, I mean, the, the status quo isn't working. And, I, and, I, and I'm a Second Amendment guy. But I look at, look at the um, incidents that we've had, and, and we, I mean, we, can all, we can all articulate those. They've been young people that have been messed up, mental health issues of some capacity. And, and from my professional experience, I'm, I'm in the, you know, to put it in the most simple terms, I'm in the risk business. You know, we, we evaluate risk on a daily basis. Um, you know, if you want to come in for a loan, if you're 18 years old, you probably can't get it without a cosigner, right? Why? Because you're riskier. You have no track record. Um, if you want to drive a car, you have to wait till you're 16. You have to get a permit. You also have to pass a test. And then guess what? You pay higher car insurance until you're 25. Why? Because you're riskier. So I, I look at this situation, we see these young people that are, you know, that we can't seem to screen out from, from, from where, you know, where they're, how, where they're screwed up in life for whatever reason, but they fit a profile that in my view is riskier. So what I submit here, and I, I certainly value both your uh, opinions, what, what if we had to have a in essence, a cosigner for an 18-year-old to get a gun. You need to pass a test. You can't, you you are in a riskier profile during your, you know, first however many years. I'm not picking any numbers here, but I'm just conceptually throwing this out there. What do you think about having some parameters uh, for young adults before they can, uh, um, which seem to be a higher risk profile when it comes to these mass murder situations? Trish, can I'll, I take I'll go this one first? Yeah. I, I want to yeah. take this one first. Um, that's fine. But then uh, no more 18-year-olds going into the military. If we can trust an 18-year-old in the military with a fully automatic weapon, then you're going to have a problem with that. Because if they're responsible enough to fight in our military and go die for our country, then I'm sorry, that that's not going to fly. Um, and I, I really don't even want to... I won't have a discussion about gun control with any Democrat until Hunter Biden is prosecuted for lying on his application when he tried to buy a handgun. Because that's never happened. That got swept under the carpet and he moved along. So the problem isn't that we don't have enough laws or that the laws need to change. The problem is, is that we need more consistent enforcement of said laws. That's the problem is we are not enforcing the laws we have. We are not, we're not even enforcing the, like, look, the judges are just letting people out. You can drive your SUV through a Christmas parade, kill a bunch of people, injure a bunch of people, and they're going to let you out on bail. Like that is bullshit, no matter, no matter how you cut it. So 
anybody who like they just had a guy in new york who just got picked up for he had a weapon which he was a felon so he shouldn't have had a weapon he was involved in a violent act with that weapon those are two felonies right now he should be back in jail they didn't even prosecute him and let him walk mm -hmm. and this is a guy who's out on parole so we have to stop talking about new rules because that the rules that we have aren't even like we have to stop with just creating because there is no law that we can write that's going to stop the next mass shooting it's not going to happen what we need is for when the fbi sees a kid that is in a video game and all the people in the video game report him to the fbi and say hey he talked about shooting up a school i'm sorry you got to red flag that kid we need to have more severe consequences for these actions because these kids don't take anything seriously. Like Matt was saying earlier, like, you know, there, that's a reason there's no, there's not a lot of problems with crime. Like, look at the Philippines. You go over there and you, you know, spray paint on the side of a building, you're going to get caned. Like, and I'm sorry, maybe it's harsh, but you know what? You only have to screw up one time and you're never going to screw up again because you know how bad it hurts. So we need to start having punishments that actually are punishments because right now, I mean, you look at these people are like, oh, prison, oh, big deal. I'm gonna have a roof over my head. I'm gonna have three square meals a day. Everything's gonna be paid for. I'm gonna get medical care. I'm gonna get- Cable TV, gender people, transition. Cable TV, right. That That's not a punishment. We have to stop rewarding people. I mean, I'm thinking like, I, who's the who's the sheriff down at who, Joe Arapo? Oh, what's his last name? I can't pronounce it, whatever. There, yeah, him. Yeah, you get a peanut butter jelly sandwich and you're sleeping in a tent. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, yep. jail has to be a punishment. We want it to be a deterrent so that people don't repeat offend and that they don't go back. And that's the problem is we have so many repeat offenders. But stop. we need to stop with new laws and just strictly enforce the ones we have, even down to jaywalking. Because let me tell you, I can't tell you how many people I've almost hit in the street because they've been jaywalking. So let's just get back to the basics enforce the rules we have and stop trying to create new ones when we don't even enforce the ones we have on the books yeah well, well certainly some a couple of the first yeah well i agree with those trish i mean a, a couple of those points are obviously things that i agree with and, and said at the onset we certainly have have made laws and enforcement of those optional and insignificant and and to create punishment i i remember traveling down down south in the summer and i'd see the chain gang i forget which state it was you know they'd be out there in the it, it's 90 degrees out and they're like cutting the grass and the median on the highway. I mean, that, that that's not exactly a country club with four square meals uh, in, in jail, you know, uh, with, uh, with uh, nice, nice uh, food options, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I think that's great. They're not going to, they're not going to starve. They should not have all, all of the benefits that they do um, as, as a free person in society. They should pay for the consequences, but, but Matt, I'll say this to you. Um, what do you think about, you know, you can you can uh, uh, exhale the words election fraud and you're banned for a month on a, on a social platform because the algorithm picks it up. But this kid says, I'm going to go shoot up the school and no flags go off. I, I would say we're putting our resources potentially in the wrong spot as well. But I, I certainly would value your thought about, you know, the, the risk thought on, uh, you know, evaluating... Uh, the second amendment. Well, I mean, I think obviously the grandmother knew something was wrong. I mean, he shot the grandmother, correct? I mean, that's what, as he was trying to enter the school. So grandma knew something was wrong with this, uh, this nut job. Uh, obviously the first sign should be that you're a man trying to wear a skirt. Uh, that would be the first time that you have a mental problem. Uh, and it's time that we stop making excuses, you know, JR, that 
transgenderism is not a mental disease. It is. It's an issue. When Bill Maher, who is one of the most liberal people on the planet, is crucifying and hammering Democrats on a regular basis on his program about transgenderism and how it is absolutely ridiculous in this country and out of control. You know, he made a great statement. He said, you know, he said, it's, you know, he said, he's like, great that you guys have rights, but guess what? Everything isn't about you. And that's the problem that we have in this society. They think everything is about them and it's not. And so the, the biggest problem is the left thinks everything's about them as well. Uh, your feelings don't trump my rights. Your feelings don't trump the United States Constitution. Your feelings don't trump anything that my grandfathers fought for or, or anyone who fought for. This holiday coming up is not about barbecues and beer and going out on the lake on yachts and, and, and sun tanning. This is about those who gave the ultimate sacrifice so that a dumbass like that can wear a skirt, say his name is Nancy, and unfortunately shoot up a school. It's disgusting, but we are Americans for a reason. We have these rights. So I'll say this on 9 11, you know, JR, we didn't, you know, after 9 11, we didn't stop flying planes. We secured the pilots and we secured the cockpits, okay? We need to secure the schools. There is no more, uh, there's no more, there, there's nothing to talk about here on the Second Amendment, in my opinion. The Second Amendment is not to be infringed. Our Constitution is very clear on this. The, the kicker is this politicians, Everywhere they go, they have armed guards. They put up walls around the Capitol, walls around Congress when they were scared of unarmed insurrectionists on January 6th. The only unarmed insurrection in the history of mankind, by the way. So they have armed guards everywhere they go. And this is not a Republican issue. This is not a Democrat issue. This is an American issue. And the fact that both sides have failed to act for the last 25 to 35 years, this shit has been going on in my lifetime, I remember, you know, I can't remember my age when the Jonesboro one happened in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I think I might have been in college. I'm not sure. It's been 20-something, you know, and, and, they, and it just keeps happening, JR. It is inexcusable. The, you know, everybody's had this talk this week. The $40 billion that you sent to the Ukraine could have given every 131,000 schools in this country, could have given every school $400,000. The schools aren't open year-round. They're only open about eight months out of the year. They're closed three months during the summer. They got two weeks of Christmas, a week for spring break. They're closed every damn weekend. So it's probably not even eight months when you put it all together. You could have four to eight highly trained former special forces guys in every school in America with that money that these dumbasses just sent to the Ukraine. And um, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to be drunk by the time the show ends. But at the end of the day, um, this is just... It, it's just, to me, it's such a fixable problem. It's such a solvable solution, JR, to just secure the damn schools. I, as a parent, I shouldn't be able to walk in and pick up my eight-year-old without you buzzing me in. I can walk right in. I can go three miles down the road, pull open the door, and walk right into the office of the school where my children go here in Northwest Arkansas. Okay? Still. And I'm sure there's many other Still. states where you can do that, you know? The point is, I'm not a monster. I've never committed a crime. I've never shot anyone. But if I was a monster, what are you going to do if I have that ability to walk in like I just described? I pop the principal. I pop the secretary. I pop the nurse. I pop whoever's in the office. Who's sounding the alarm at that point, folks? It's game over because then I'm slinging the door open and I'm in the hallways of that school. This is just a stupid argument, in my opinion, for, for the Democrats and the Republicans to make. Like, just secure the schools and 
Yeah, you got me on a trigger point here, JR, because to me, I have children in these schools, and it really pisses me off that that if I can figure this out in about, it took me about 15 seconds to have a solution to this, and yet our politicians still can't figure it out, and I'm going to quit yapping, but it's, it's so fixable and so simple to me. Yeah, well, there's no question we have to harden our schools, and, and if that is not in all 50 states, it should be. I, I mean, I know in New York here that is the case. And, and and if this is such a, you know, universal issue, then it shouldn't be up to the local taxpayers that have to pay for this. This, this as, as, as stated, the, our government throws money away for ridiculous things on a continual basis. If this is such a priority, I agree. Let the feds fund it, which is us as well. But but at least it's done on and takes it off the local taxpayer burden and does, I mean, I, not protecting your kids is just not not acceptable. I mean, I would not want to be in those people's shoes and have that be one of my kids. And I, I'm just trying to look here, you know, again, you can, you can convey a government committee and they'll be going on for the next decade trying to figure it out. I was just trying to say, okay, tonight, what are the thoughts that might actually work what could we get agreement on and how could we make a difference and, and just get your ideas on that. And, uh, you know, we have to have the second amendment. What can we do in light of that, that makes a difference and certainly hardening the schools and enforcing the laws, as Trish said, which we are already on the books and having people have consequences for their actions. Again, uh, our moral compass is just, is just, wavering like never before and and how do you change that i don't know jv i mean you uh, what are your thoughts on 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 this and then we can move on to the next topic yeah my, we've, we spent a lot of time on this we could probably do an entire show plus on this and does anybody think jr has been thinking about this a while uh it sounds like he's been thinking about this a lot uh but it's all it's all very valid and every, everything everyone said here i want to point out a couple things we have a president right now whose two most used statements or actually, maybe not two most used. One of the most used statements when it comes to the Second Amendment is uh, deer don't run through the forest with Kevlar vests. I mean, talk about being flippant about a fundamental right that the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights guarantees every American. Talking about being flippant. And then remember when he made the comment, what, you think uh, we've got nukes? Remember when he was talking about what are your guns going to do to us if you if you say that you're going to defend yourself against the federal government? That's why you need the, the guns that the Second Amendment affords you because we've got nukes. Your guns aren't going to do anything. Remember when he said that? I mean, it wasn't those words, but that was the message. That's the president of the United States right now. He has no understanding whatsoever what the Second Amendment means, and neither do most Democrats. So that's a, that's a, that's a real problem. Um, the other thing I'll mention is that when we talk about spending money for hardening schools, I agree. We need to harden the schools. And 20 years ago, it bothered me when they started to say, you can't walk into your local school freely as a community member, especially when you have kids there. You're not allowed to. That bothered me. But times have changed, and we obviously we have a real need for that. But I submit to you that we shouldn't be spending more money on this stuff. The school districts are flush with cash. They are just spending it poorly. We need to get rid of these diversity officers. We need to get rid of these sex trainings that these teachers are going to. We need to get rid of all that shit 
reprioritize the money that is already being spent. As JR has pointed out many times, we spend more per student in New York State than any other place in the world. So let's just redirect how we're spending it. We don't need diversity officers in every school. We don't need, you know, uh, superintendents making a half a million dollars in every school, especially districts like we have in upstate New York, where they have a total of like, uh, you know, 20 kids per grade level. And they have a superintendent and two principals. It's just ridiculous. So I agree with that we have to do that, but we've got to find the money from within the districts already and not give them a reason to ask for more. And the last thing I'm going to say, when it talks to risk, risk when it, we talk about risk assessment and saying maybe 18-year-olds shouldn't be able to go buy the gun that the, that the uh, Second Amendment says they can, 18 is an arbitrary number. Uh, it used to be 21 years old was the age you needed to be before you could vote. It wasn't changed until uh, well into this republic, changed to 18. Uh, so, and, and Trish is right as well. If, if we're going to ask 18-year-olds to go fight in the military, then they need the right. If we don't, then maybe we can talk about this. Uh, but we have to stop thinking that somewhere along the way, 18 years old is this magic number. We're starting to learn it's not so much the magic number. That's why they've changed the drinking age to 21. As I said before, you used to be need to be 21 to vote. Um, so this is these are conversations worth having, and we need to have them for sure. Oh, and by the way, we know that JR is the technology guru when he uses the word a logarithm instead of algorithm. See, I thought it was algorithm all the time, but apparently in tech circles, it's a logarithm. <laughs> yeah, we use that a lot. Uh, in, in, uh... No, no, no. A logarithm is the inverse of an exponent. Sorry. Like, no, the math, the math teacher is going to say, no, it's algorithm because a logarithm <laughs> is something very different. Oh, sorry. Just had, had well, to put my two cents in. JR, I'll, I'll, here, I'll here, defer to my, uh, here's the thing. Lieutenant on the next yeah. Here's the, th here's the thing. We are, we're past 11. Um, I have a few more things that, that really are, are less consequential than the last one that you have. Let's do yours. And then uh, if, right. we, if we have any extra time, I'll do mine. Otherwise, we'll just call it a night. Yeah, well, the last, the last thing I thought was appropriate based on uh, um, it's, it's, it's really a function of this 2000 mule, the D'Souza uh, film that's out there. And, and one of the clips from that, if you put it up there, JV, um, here's a picture of, of one of the mules, actually, from, from there that is in, uh, uh, in Georgia. And she's stuffing the ballot box with a number, and and then she uh, and then she's leaving after doing her job there with seven or eight or however many she put in there. But the but the point I wanted to bring out from this when I saw this was, and if you put the second clip up again, look 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 at what she's wearing around her neck. She's got an ID badge that. Uh, you know, with with our, you know, I I've got my uh, nuclear telescope here that I've got my team working on here, and I wasn't quite able to get get, get that identified. But my guess is, if you really wanted to know who that lady was, if you really cared about this potential election fraud issue and wanted to get behind it and and interview her, I think it'd take the FBI about thirty seconds to be able to identify that badge on this person. That's that's. Um, and get the data for, uh, that was that was uh, the genesis for this movie, and you'd be able to identify her and haul her in. And my guess is, if you asked her who paid her, she'd have to tell you. So uh, uh, I'll I'll take it to uh, Trish here. I mean, if it was that seemingly that simple, 
to find out who this lady is and how she was paid and then extrapolate it from there. Um, you know, I have a lot of faith in the FBI, Trish. How come they haven't done that? <laughs> That's because you think they care. Um, no, I, I have watched both 2000 Mules and I watched the um, documentary Rigged about the Zuckerbucks. Um, both extremely powerful, both very well researched. I have to say, just the geocache, just the geolocation data um, on the mules alone uh, is enough. It's already putting them. I, I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but um, down in Arizona, one of the women who was caught as a mule actually turned and turned in the person who was leading the whole the whole mule situation in her district um and it turned out it was an an ex-mayor of the town who was actually the one who was in charge of all the mules and so now she has changed her plea from not guilty uh, to guilty and she's taking a plea bargain um so these documentaries are they're providing the evidence and that's the thing is that the fbi has become partisan it is working for one side of the fence and one side of the fence only. It is not about law and order. It is not about justice. And anybody who thinks that it still is, what did my friend calling? Oh, something about the fucking Bureau of Idiots is what they what he was calling. I can't remember what he was calling it, but <laughs> that it's literally gotten that bad. The FBI is not reliable. The DOJ is not reliable. They have become partisanly charged. So we have to stop relying on them and just do it our damn selves. Because you know what? That, uh, the old saying, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And that really shows here that we had people who had the technology, they had the know-how, they had the resources to make this happen. And now people have to pay attention because this is undeniable. I got people like, oh, well, you know, this he's just making all this up. Excuse me? They, I didn't even realize that the guy who did all this work for the 2000 Mules film was also the guy who provided, they, that's how they found the shooter who killed that little girl when the, when the gangbangers all came and swarmed a car and shot at the guy and they shot his daughter in the back seat. That's how they found him was these people actually used that incident to geolocate all of these cell phones. They tracked the certain people, they followed them, and then they found the shooter and turned it into the cops and said, we know who it is and this is who it is. Like, so they tested their theory to make sure that it worked before they released all this information. So it's a good film. If you have not watched it, people, you need to watch it. It's amazing. And people are starting to use the information in that film to affect all of these court cases that are coming and more are coming, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I, the wheels of justice are extremely slow in this country, um, but they are turning. And I hope that more and more people will take advantage of this. And I know the lawsuits suck and it costs money, but do it because that, we need people who have the ability. If you have the money, please back up some of these cases and give to their, to their, you know their fight their financial needs for these to pay for lawyers and pay for because there's a lot of money that it's very expensive to run these cases so please do it mm -hmm. so so matt we have a uh, an election in the fall that's extremely important we need an election process we can trust two thousand mules are we going to have two thousand arrests not before the election no no i don't think you'll see that um i th i think you know we also, I've been telling people this for, you know, you guys, we've been doing this off and on together for a while now and, and know each other pretty well. I don't believe that the fraud is as rampant as everyone claims. I mean, it was bad in those areas. They knew what they were doing. They were targeting. And the film shows that, you know, the film focuses on Michigan. It focuses on Georgia, Pennsylvania, you know, 
Nevada, Arizona. It focuses on the states, the metros. You know, I don't want to beat a dead horse. You guys have heard me explain what I think happened, and it's pretty remarkable. The documentary comes out, and JV, it's everything I've said that is, was happening for all over a year now. Exactly what they did. They stuffed the ballots the old-fashioned way. Had nothing to do with Dominion. Dominion was always a patsy, um, and that's exactly what Two Thousand Mules shows. But what I want to encourage people to do is to get out and vote, to register new voters. How you win in the fall is how you act and how you, you know, you got to be proactive, not reactive. We should be registering new voters. You should be volunteering to be poll watchers. You should be volunteering for campaigns from city council to school board. There's not a lot of school board, but, you know, state rep, state senate, all of these things are in play in almost every state. And people have got to get involved. That's how you do this. If you look at New Jersey, and you look at Virginia last November, to me, that's the blueprint of where we're heading. They were landslide victories. A 21-point swing in New Jersey to where the Democrat only won by 10,000 votes after winning by 21 points in the previous election. It shows that this thing is turning into a, it's not just a red wave, this is going to be a red massacre. Uh, I've even, I've talked to several people, look at internal polling. I think you might even be able to possibly see a 75% uh, the GOP control the Congress by 75% after these midterms, which would give them a you know a, a amendment ability into the Constitution, which is very very rare. Not saying that that needs anything, but it's it's a way to to really get some things done and passed, you know, and it can get past a a, a Joe Biden veto. So the biggest thing here, to, in order to win in 2022, is you have to get involved, you have to vote. And, and, you, and you can't, if there's anyone, I don't care who they are. I don't care what their stature is. I don't care what show they have or, or, or what letter in the alphabet they may believe in. If they're telling you not to vote, they are an enemy to this republic to which it stands. Anyone telling you not to vote, you should immediately, you shouldn't listen to a damn thing that person says ever again for the rest of their existence because nothing is more detrimental to this republic than that, JR. And so, but I don't think, I think you're going to see some justice. You're already seeing some lawsuits filed in Arizona, some lawsuits filed in Georgia. To answer your question, some in Pennsylvania, some in Michigan even. Um, it's a slow process, as Trish pointed out. She's absolutely right. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. People have to be patient. But if you get the Congress back, you get the Senate back, you make sure you've got a majority of Republican state legislatures and governors, and then all of a sudden, 45 rolls in, you know, to the Demo I mean, the Democrats, when they think of, President Trump running in 2024, you know, all they see is, you know, a dumpster on fire with, you know, angry eyeballs screaming at them. But he's going to come in and he is going to annihilate this election in 2024, in my opinion. And then when you've got Trump back in office in 2024, along with the Congress and the Senate, Jr., I think then you're going to see arrests on a scale. It, it's, it, it has to happen. If it doesn't, uh, this republic will be lost and we're not going to get it back. I think that's how detrimental the next four years are overall in these two two big elections coming up. Yeah, I, I agree. We absolutely have to take more control of our election process. And if anybody is telling you otherwise, uh, like you said, I wouldn't listen to them either. And I'm sure everybody on this panel agrees. But JV, any any thoughts on on 
you know, any of this, I guess. Yeah, well, it's it's all it's all effectively been said. I do want to say uh, that the Cookie Wars and the Foxhole Chad have been joined by Foxy Lady, now battling with Matt Couch and Tiny Ninja for cookie supremacy in the Foxhole Chat. So uh, thank you to everyone who's involved in that. Now, this is uh, 2000 Mules is a, is a groundbreaking film for a lot of reasons, and we can't let the left-wing media and the left-wing politicians define it as the big lie, as, you know, trying to overturn the election. It's not about any of that stuff anymore. We've moved on beyond that. Now it's about moving forward and securing our elections moving forward. That has to be the focus when the media tries to say, oh, you got to stop talking about election fraud from 2020. This isn't about 2020 anymore. 2020 is is in the rearview mirror. It's not going to change, regardless of how many people want it to. It is not going to change. What we need to focus on, as Matt said, we need to register voters, we need to convert voters, and we need to focus on the future and secure our elections as best we can based on this information that we've learned. Georgia has done a pretty good job of that, despite all the heat they took, you know, with Coca-Cola and Major League Baseball and Delta Airlines and all this corporate pressure, plus Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden, Jim Crow 2.0, or Jim Eagle, whatever the hell he was trying to say with that. Um, you know, Georgia, they stood strong, and they proved to be, they've been proven to be right. Election turnout in this primary election they just had was way, way up. Nobody's being denied access to voting uh, to polls. No one is. So, you know, the, we, we have, we have uh, proof and history on our side now, and we just have to take that into, into and I'm going to use a metaphor here, battle, and, uh, and, and wage that war because we're on the right side of this. And most Americans, most objective, free-thinking Americans agree with these simple measures that we can take like voter ID and, uh, and, and, and restricting the way we do mail-in voting. They agree with those measures, understanding that it's important for free elections. Can I just jump in on something that Matt said? It's really important that everybody get involved. And let me just share a short story because I think it's important. While I was on vacation, checking out my Twitter feed, Scott Presser was tweeting out about how important it is to get involved, to go register to vote, so to be a poll worker. And I was like, you know what? I can do that. Damn it. I've got time. i got personal days I can use. So I applied at, in my hotel room at sitting in Colorado Springs, Colorado at like 8 o'clock at night. The next morning, I got the phone call. They interviewed me over the phone. I am now a voting systems technician for the primaries that are coming up on August 23rd. So it's it's super simple. You get paid. I mean, obviously you have to go get trained. I have to do an online training, which I have to get done pretty soon because I have my real training in a week. Um, but you get paid to do this. So take a day off work. Go do, you know, take a couple days off work. Day off for the training, a day off for the, for the thing. Do it because we need more people there to hold everyone else in the room accountable. I mean, and luckily Florida has cleaned up its act. You know, we did we did that a couple years ago. So things aren't as bad here, but you still need to be involved. I'm in a very blue county. I'm sorry, I don't trust them. So I wanna be there and I wanna make sure that everything is above board. And that's the only way it's gonna get better is if all of us start holding everyone else accountable. Sorry. Oh, Trish, Trish, I just have to say, I heard you say, voting systems tech and i i do have a couple openings so if, if, <laughs> excellent you know, if, if you want to touch base after the show here, I, I mean, we, we can uh, we'll hook 
We'll hook up Jr. We'll, get, we'll get Mrs. Jr. To, to vet me to make sure I'm okay. That'd be good. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So, the, so the cookie war has turned into far more. We got phones and shades flying back and forth. Matt Couch is picking fights with everybody uh, by uh, by throwing shades and and phones into the mix. Um, actually, it's very much appreciated. Everybody who's contributing I'm, to the I'm show. I'm completely throwing shade right now. If you see what I did there, buddy. Yeah, I do. Oh, man. I, you know, listen, I hope everybody has. It, it, you opened the show talking about this, Matt. Memorial Day is something to be reflected on, not necessarily celebrated. But at the same time, it is a traditional start of the sun, summer. I hope people get a chance to spend it with friends and family and uh, enjoy it a little bit. Maybe take a breather from the politics. And, uh, you know, Matt and I do that every day at one o'clock uh, for America's Lunchroom. We try to take a breather from the doom and gloom and laugh a little. Uh, I, I recommend folks do that, too, over the course of the weekend and enjoy themselves. Uh, maybe you'll get some sunshine and some good weather. Matt, you're raising your hand like you have to go to the bathroom or something? I just want to know if I can plug our November 19th event. Oh, yeah, you need to absolutely go oh. for it. Yes. Just want to make sure. So, folks, just going to let you guys know, America's Lunchroom, brought to you, of course, by the Independence Gang and the Matt Couch Show. We are hosting the first annual third anniversary Eric Swalwell Duke Nukem Fartgate Chili Cookoff Blowout on November nineteenth. You want to mark your candle or calendars, not candles. There will be candles. You'll need scented candles. You can see where my brain was at. It's gonna Swalwell is invited, and Jerry Nadler is also invited on one contingency. He's just got a you know he's got a name. Which alien made his zipper? So that's the only thing we've got going for Nadler. But I'm telling you, people are coming. The Hodge twins have said they're in. Dominic Izzo today has said they're in. Kaylin Dorr, Jason Miller, Sonny Joy Nelson, the Gitter crew. I mean, it is going to be a big event. We don't even know where it's going to be at yet. We're thinking oh, yeah. somewhere in mid-America. Somewhere with good, good ventilation, um, please. <laughs> I would say Mall of America, but Ilhan Omar would bring all of her people Ugh, to protest. So that yeah. would probably be bad up in Minneapolis. But maybe Branson, Missouri, somewhere that, you know, Somewhere basically that when Jr. walks down the street, they worship his shirt. That's where we want to do this event. At. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, so oh, we had we. I think we had a mic drop moment in the foxhole uh, chat with Tiny Ninja gifting a ship. I don't know if you can beat that, Matt. I don't even want you to try. It's, it's someone's going to get I don't hurt. Even, I don't even know what that is. That, that, somebody <laughs> broke out a credit card. Good lord! <laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt. Listen, everybody. Thanks for being here, Jr. Great job in the co-host seat. Trish, right. welcome back, Matt. I'm going to see you probably in another in ten minutes. We'll hook up again for something. I'm sure <laughs> we seem to do every ten minutes. Everybody else, have a great weekend, uh, and we'll catch you next time. 